We're talking uh, dogs, cats, rabbits, rats, <laughs> parrots, ape, chinchilla, not a horse, <laughs> another whale. Hello and welcome to a brand new season of Archipelago, a podcast about life in Denmark. I'm James Clasper, and in this season, I'm going to try something a little different. You see, Archipelago gets its name because there are more than 400 islands in Denmark. So, starting with season three, I thought it would be fun to get to know them a little better. And where better to begin than the island of Amma in southern Copenhagen? Look at any map of the Danish capital, and Amma is the teardrop-shaped island southeast of the city centre. It's home to Copenhagen's longest beach, its biggest nature reserve, northern Europe's largest aquarium, and about 200,000 people, including me. To many, Amma is a rapidly changing place, where smoky pubs and laundromats are fast giving way to fancy wine bars and bakeries. But to others, Amma will forever be tainted by the decision in the late 19th century to start sending all of Copenhagen's human waste to the island. And it didn't take long for Amma to get a nickname that, well, stuck. Lordøen, shit island, <laughs> on English. That's Kurt Helman Jensen. And for the avoidance of doubt, that's... Kurt like Kurt Russell. And much like his namesake, Kurt's the star of this story. I live here in Amma for 58 years, and that's all my life. In a way, that makes him a true islander, or what locals call an Amarkana, a word that's knowingly close to the Danish word for our stateside cousins, Americana. Not American, no thanks, but Amarkana. <laughs> Hence the cute name of this season, This Amarkana Life. A joke for podcast aficionados, I guess. And as Kurt sees it, the definition of an Amarkana is quite straightforward. You love this place. Copenhagen is okay, but you don't have to go over the bridge to buy anything. You can buy it here on Amar. Amar is a great place. The bridge he just mentioned? Well, in fact, six bridges connect Amar with the outside world. Two go to central Copenhagen, three link Amar with the city's southwestern suburbs, and one connects it with southern Sweden. That one's famous. They even made a TV show about it. Still, as Kurt says... You don't have to go over the bridge. Why not? Well, because... Amma is number one. We had a lot of special places out here. So season three of Archipelago is going to be all about some of the places that make Amma what it is. And we begin in Tornbu a municipality in southern Amma, in a place that means a lot to Kurt. Hello. We are now on Dyrnes Minegrau. That's Danish for animal cemetery, or as Kurt puts it... It's a graveyard for animal from 1949. There was a nice man who think we have to have a place where we can bury our pets. That nice man was A.C. Anderson a local grocery wholesaler 
who loved animals. And uh, he think, why is there no graveyard for dogs and cats and so on? Let's make one. So he did, on a leafy side street, in what's now a residential neighbourhood, beneath the flight path to Copenhagen's airport. And 75 years later, the cemetery is still going strong as the final resting place for 450 animals. Which begs the question, what kind of animals? We're talking uh, dogs, cats, rabbits, rats, <laughs> parrots, ape, chinchilla. As a Monty Python fan, of course, I'd like to think that the ex-parrot was a Norwegian blue. Beautiful bird, lovely plumage, etc. And just to be clear, the ape wasn't a primate, it was a capuchin monkey. Indeed, it turns out there are certain limitations on the size of the animals that can be buried there. Not a horse, <laughs> another whale. Seems reasonable. So, what then is the largest animal that can be buried at the pet cemetery? A uh, Great Dane. A Great Dane, of course. Should have really seen that one coming. Now, Kurt knows all this because he's the chairman of the association that runs the cemetery. Or as he puts it, I listen to all the problem people had sometime. And I talk to the people and come out here and fix the problem, if they have any problem. That's my job here. <laughs> I know that makes him sound like some kind of MacGyver figure. In truth, it means he deals with overgrown shrubbery, broken light bulbs, and complaints about the way people are, or more likely aren't, looking after their burial plots. There are, after all, standards to be upheld. You have to take care of your own graveyard. That's the rule, uh, but not all do it. We have some um, nice lady who have all her rabbit in here, and um, there are a lot of uh, rabbits, teddy bears on the grave, and uh, maybe too many sometimes. With my curiosity growing by the minute, I ask Kurt, who typically decides to bury their pets there? All types, he says. Young people, old people, Jewish people, Christians people. And for the most part, he says, funerals attract only a handful of mourners, close family usually. But every now and then, something unusual happens. Not that long ago, in fact, a woman whose dog had recently died called Kurt with a specific request. She told me, we will be some people who will sing. Is that all right, Kurt? Yeah, that's all right. And the day come and I said hello, and we could put the little dog in this uh, coffin. And two minutes, five minutes, there were 20 people, 25 people, 30 people, 40 people who sing. And I, I was almost crying because it was so beautiful to listen to this. Kurt also told me that while most bereaved pet owners visit their animal's gravestone once or twice a year, a few make much more frequent appearances. One special man who come here three or four times a week and he uh, have a, a chair and he sit down and talk to his cat. And it turns out it isn't only pet owners who stump up the 450 kroner a year, about 50 quid, for a coveted burial spot. Kurt told me about a woman 
who occasionally brings wild animals. She's found dead in the street. Two years ago, she came with a little, what do you call it, pinchwing? Oh, hedgehog. Hedgehog, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. And he, uh, she had found it on the street dead. I said, yes, we can bury it here. Yes, of course. Oh, thank you. The woman later found a dead mouse and a deceased bird in the street and decided to bury them together. Should we go for a walk? And um, Credulity straining at this point. point I asked Kurt yeah. to show me around the cemetery. Interesting, interesting yeah. as well. Yeah. We're going to see here. Uh, we talk about this lady who has uh, rabbits yeah. buried in here. And there are a lot of teddy bears and so on. And after pointing out where that nice lady had buried her rabbits, Kurt pointed out the gravestone of a giant dog. That's a big one. And um, he buried this one to his dog. And uh, I think, wow, they have a crane to put it down here. Along the way, Kurt explained that all of the animals are buried facing east. Because um, we think... Uh, Animal have a spirit too. And that seemed an appropriate enough point to ask Kurt if the cemetery ever felt creepy. I've been here in the evening and uh, there's uh, no ghost. (laughs) (laughs) And then we stumbled across the grave of the mouse and the bird that had been buried together and saw that the woman had decorated the grave with a Halloween jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so she's trying to make it a little bit spooky here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's right. And there's a, there's a few people here today. We moved on because Kurt wanted me to meet his friend Jarl, a retired bookkeeper who volunteers at the cemetery too and, it turns out, has buried his pets there. Two dogs, two boxers, Quark and uh, Hannibal. I asked Jarl how often he visits their grave. I think I come here eight to ten times a year. And of course I was curious, does he, like some of the other mourners, talk to them? No, no, no. <laughs> and then I asked Jarl why he decided to bury his dogs there. Yeah, I think I'm happy. Because uh, they are here and, and not uh, someplace you don't know. After that, Kurt and I pressed on, past the ornamental owl that's meant to scare away birds. Until at last, we reached the cemetery's northeast corner, where Kurt stopped by a small headstone. And this is my uh, ferret. Luigi. Yes. And Tor. Yes. Yeah, it turned out Kurt had laid four pets of his own to rest here. Four ferrets, to be exact. Luigi, Tor, Astrid and Freya. All four of them are buried here. The oldest one was nine years old and the youngest one was only six. They got cancer. So that's the way it is, so yeah. Of course I had to ask why Kurt liked ferrets so much. Because they are funny. Years ago I see a movie about ferrets and I think, Mommy, can I have a ferret? No, (laughs) she said. So when I grow up and uh, get my own apartment, I think now I get some ferrets. Do you miss your ferrets? Yes, of course I do. Of course. uh, Special uh, Luigi and Tor climbed up in my jacket and took my wallet 
and put it down on the sofa. <laughs> so, okay. where is my ah Thor? And he looked really, really. So I not done anything. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I mean, do you do you come and sit and talk to them or nothing? No, I go down here uh, two or three times a month. You have fond memories of them, though. I have a lot of movies of them, and they have made so many troubles. Yeah, were they naughty? <laughs> yeah, my first dog um, have grown up with Thor and Luigi. And uh, every morning we, I have to go down with my dog and uh, she had done what she had have to do and come up. She go up and stand uh, between the cages and say wait to let them out so they can play. <laughs> so why so many people cannot have fun together? I think, but a different animal don't fight they play if you know the meaning of this but we have so many people in the world who fight each other because a different uh, thinking or something like that but animal can do something together yeah you can learn a lot from them yeah including ferrets including ferrets yes (laughs) we moved on leaving Kurt's four ferrets resting in peace. And as we did so, it occurred to me that in a way, this little corner of Amma captures the essence of the place. You see, much like the rest of Shit Island, it's quaint, it's quirky, but if you look close enough, you might just find hidden depths. Or, as Kurt would say, Amma is a great place. Amma is number one. You've been listening to episode one of This Amakena Life, season three of Archipelago. My name's James Clasper. Many thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time.